0: Hi, it's Maddie Soul, your rebel guide to living a life of freedom abroad, bringing you an episode of Roaming the Now, where entrepreneurs, coaches, and mentors come together to give you a behind the scenes look at the real and raw experience of setting out to a new country and building a life and business abroad. Make sure to like, and subscribe to Roaming the Now. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Roaming the Now. This is your host, Marisol, and today I have Shahab Anaria with us. Super excited to have this conversation. We're going to be diving into how can you succeed in building a successful coaching business. But before we dive into that, I would love for you to share a little bit about your personal story, where you're from, where you're living now, and just a little bit about this journey that you're
1: on. For sure. Thanks for having me, Marisol. Uh, I'm very excited about our conversation today. Uh, My name is Shahab Anari, Uh, I live in Toronto with my beautiful wife and two kids and I own a company called North Star Success, where we train coaches to become certified coaches and also we offer publishing services to experts who want to write, publish and market their books. Uh, So my background, where my story begins actually uh, is that I trained as a medical doctor. Twenty something years ago, uh, and uh, the moment I entered med school, I realized I didn't like it, and that was crazy. A lot of people told me, uh, "Have you gone crazy? Have you lost your mind?" Uh, most people want to get into med school and you know become doctors and earn so much money and have the prestige and everything, but uh, but then I realized this is not for me. So it's been twenty something years that I've been in the training coaching business. And now I'm here to have this conversation with you and hopefully bring some value to your audience.
0: Yes, I feel like this is a really important conversation to have. And we were kind of just talking about this a little bit before we dove into the call, right? Um, You know, when I think about building a successful coaching business, um, the things that I always like to encourage clients to think about, or even just anyone in general is, well, what is success to you? Like, what does success look like to you? And also there are, this happened on another episode, there's a million ways to make a million dollars, but the one that you pick, you have to be consistent. So that's kind of the two main things that I always really encourage people to think about comes down to like consistency, as well as, you know, being really clear on what is your version of success, because that's going to be the most fulfilling and fruitful for you to follow. But I know that you are an expert in personal branding and how that relates to building your coaching business. So I would love for you to share more on that.
1: Yeah, of course, those are very important topics that you touched upon, you know, what is success to you? For me, success is using your strengths to serve people. That's that's it, very simple and clear. So, the moment I became clear with this concept of success that uh, and it has two parts to it, if you pay attention, There's two parts to this definition. First, you need to discover yourself and your strengths. And second, you need to use those strengths to serve people. So for me, that's the utmost meaning and definition of success. Uh, And and through this journey, you not only uh, learn more about yourself, but you kind of uh, fulfill your mission and and, um, realize your potential to benefit the mankind. And the second uh, thing that you said, consistency, reminds me of something that I learned from one of my own mentors, uh, William Aruda, who is one of the founding fathers of personal branding. He always says, in order to succeed, you need to uh, have three C's. Three C's. Clarity, consistency, and constancy. And let me tell you what what those mean. Clarity, obviously it means being very clear about who you are, who you serve, what's your differentiation. So being clear about your value proposition. Uh, Consistency in in his definition means being consistent about your content and visuals, when when you put yourself out there in, in the market. And constancy is being constant. So keeping the rhythm, not lo- losing the rhythm, just just if you're if you're posting content once a week, post once a week. Do not stop. If you're doing something, do not stop. Do not give up. So it has always stuck with me: clarity, uh, consistency and constancy. And I believe, just like you said, if we pick something and we stick to it consistently, Uh, and, and, uh, of course, get feedback and course correct along the way, eventually, we'll get there.
0: This is very, very true. And, you know, it even makes me think uh, about um, what I think happens with new entrepreneurs or anyone coming into the space. It's a shiny object syndrome of, oh, this isn't working quite yet. Maybe it's been, you know, 30, 60 days. And then they pivot to a new strategy. And, you know, what I found is that's actually the biggest derailer of success because you're not giving it enough time. If you really think about it in the grand scheme of time, 90 days, it's a pretty decent point of time. I think I had one mentor tell me 90 days, stick to something, commit to it for 90 days. You're going to get the details and feedback that you need, but you've got to do it. 90 days is, is the time. And so what, what have you found to be helpful for people to not, you know, get distracted from the shiny object syndrome? And stay with the three C's because that's like super easy to remember. So thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I know it's going to stick with a lot of people.
1: Yeah. So, so uh, you know, playing the long game, I would say. And it's very, it's easy, it's easily said, but it's really difficult to implement. Playing the long game. Just like you said, 90 days in the grand scheme of things is nothing. You know, when you think about building a business, it usually takes like Three, four, five years to, you know, make a business profitable and you know establish a business. Of course, it's different for different people, but this is like the average that it takes for a new business to to take roots and and start being becoming profitable. So when you think of it, three, four, five years, and you're spending only ninety days to test and experiment an idea. And for example, you're experimenting with a new target market, or a new idea, or a new product, or um, a a new package of service. It's nothing. And when you're playing the long game uh, and thinking of what you're doing as your career, or even better, as your calling, right? Something that you want to do for the rest of your life, uh, then 90 days is nothing. So Taking a step back and thinking of uh, all of this as the long game, I would say, uh, is the way to go. If you if you want to uh, if you want to not get distracted uh, by the shiny objects,
0: yeah. No, I think that's really true. And you know, and I just thought of something that was um, kind of on on topic. Like we go to school for four years, right, to get a degree to prepare for the career, but somehow that get lost. Like that's that's getting lost when people start out to like start a business. But when you're thinking about it, the the process of entrepreneurship, for me, it's been full of learnings. Um, And so it is school. It's just, it's the school of life, right? Um, And so if we can apply that mentality, like when you're first starting on in entrepreneurship, like you're going through the school of learning how to build these foundation, these roots for the business, you know, that could be a really supportive anchoring thought or idea when things do get tough, because I really do feel people start out and expect to see results right away and even i was like that at first i was like oh i'm going to see results right away and actually i was really lucky that i did with some of the different things that i tried but i found that those marketing techniques were not sustainable and so this is where i kind of kept coming back to the drawing board and back to the drawing board um i would really love to explore personal branding because i feel like a lot of people get really kind of confused stuck because There is really this association. oh, it's my personal brand, so my brand is me, which can be a really tricky thing for people to navigate, I've noticed in conversations. So I would love to hear your feedback on that and just insight around it.
1: Yeah. So my definition of personal brand is your uh, promise of value, your unique promise of value. And if you think about this definition, there are three parts to it. It needs to be unique. Obviously, it needs to be something unique about you. Uh, uh, You can't just say that, for example, I'm a coach. I'm just like everybody else. I'm, I'm just the average coach. I'm just the average realtor. That doesn't work. That doesn't set you apart. That doesn't attract people's attention. That doesn't express your true values. So first of all, it needs to be unique. Second, it needs to be a promise. And... By promise, I mean it needs to be authentic. And and this is the part where I'm answering your question. So personal brand is not something fake that you put out there to deceive people or to manipulate people or to uh, express something that is not you. On the contrary, personal brand is who you are to the core, is your authentic promise to the world. What do you bring to the world? Uh, In business in particular, what value do you bring to your target audience? What problems do you solve? What uh, goals do you help your target audience to achieve? So in my opinion and in my philosophy, your personal brand is who you authentically are. It's not something separate from you. It's not an image that you're building. It's who you are. And you need to discover that first. So back to my definition... Uh, it needs to be unique. It needs to be a promise, which means you need to be authentic with it. You can't make things up. And it needs to have value. The third part is value. So it needs to be something valuable and relevant to your audience. You need to, it needs to solve something for the problem. It's it's not just enough to say that I'm fun, for example. That's my personal brand. Okay. If it brings value to your audience, then it's a personal brand. But if if, if it's something that you're you know, you take pride in, that's I'm fun. It's not necessarily a personal brand. A personal brand becomes a personal brand when there is a value in it for your audience. So uh, it is always authentic. It's not something that you're faking or making up. And I believe it's your true core and true self.
0: Yeah, that's very very powerful. And even (laughs) when I think about that, because I've been doing a lot of... um experimenting in terms of asking you know my audience how do you see me and i've been putting values alongside it and i've realized you know through through that you know a lot of people see me as it's the freedom it's the joy it's the, it's different things but those are actually really me like those are ways that i live my life and i've realized that the more authentic i am in what i'm putting out there and building that brand around who i just naturally am the more easier it is. I remember when I first started out in business, I wasn't being authentic and true to myself, and I wasn't really um, honoring, as you said, my unique gifts and my unique way of doing things, and it was really, really sticky. And I, I did have to learn through the whole self discovery process. Um, but I'm actually curious: Do you feel there is a way to speed up that process to get to being comfortable, like being your authentic self, and, and you know, having that promise and that and that uniqueness? or do you feel it really is just following the path in your timeline?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, There is a way and there is a method and I talk about it in my book and this is not a prop for my book because it just came up. This is my book, The How of Personal Branding and folks can find it on Amazon. There is a way to it. And the way I think about personal branding and finding your personal brand is through first, introspection and second, feedback, just like you said. Part of it is introspection. So asking yourself those deep questions. Uh, what are my values? What are my strengths? What are my passions? What is my vision for the world? What is my mission in this world? And those types of questions, which are deep questions. Um, some people, just like yourself, coaches and, and, and people who have done a lot of inner work may come to those answers you know pretty quickly but other people who have not been in these realms and these questions are new to them obviously they need to s- to spend some time and and ponder and maybe work with a coach and take the assessments and do the personality quizzes and those types of things so first is introspection uh, and again if we think of it as a long game and if you uh, take into consideration that okay i'm spending 10 hours 50 hours 100 hours doing the introspection and answering these questions and working with a coach in order to find find out who i am and what my personal brand is which i can use for the rest of my life for i don't know 30 40 50 years whatever that the, the number of years is it's nothing you're spending like 50 hours to figure out your personal brand and you can use it for decades it's a great investment so There's that part, introspection. And the other part is feedback, just like you said. Ask people who know you. And those people can be your family, your friends, your audience, your current clients, your past clients, your mentors, your people who know you, basically people who know you. And and there's a tip here that I'd like to share with your audience. Uh, And the tip is that when you're getting feedback from people who know you, and you're asking them, okay, what is my top personality trait? What is my strength? Uh, What is my passion? What is my leadership quality? Or whatever questions that you're asking them, do not just go to your friends and ask them. Because friends have have a particular angle that they look at us. Also, family is different, and they have a particular way of seeing us. So it's always best to ask a mix of different categories of people who know you, and then, you know, analyze the results. And and the best part comes when you compare and contrast the results from introspection with the results from feedback, because sometimes they don't match. Sometimes they don't match. For example, I've had this client, uh, it's it's funny, Uh, he thought that he's a real estate agent. And uh, in our work together, he thought, he told me, Shahab, uh, one of my strengths is that I'm a really good negotiator. I can express myself really well, and the feedback came back, and the and, and the and the word that kept repeated in the feedback was arrogant. So people tended to see him as an arrogant person, and there's a fine line, you know, between being confident and arrogant. So uh, it's very interesting, and I uh, encourage folks to. Uh, both do the introspection and uh the feedback
0: that's really really powerful because i think you know and you sharing that sometimes um like for me in navigating my communication style naturally i have a very direct communication style like i (laughs) and that can be very off-putting okay so it was for me um i forget how it was described but it was like uh, something, it was like a, it was an expression around, like, you have a, you have, like, a hard tongue, like, you can be, like, when I was, yeah, oh. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> I have a hard tongue, yes, Um. and, you know, it's interesting, I received this feedback from my father, my father's an entrepreneur, he's been an entrepreneur my entire life, but he gave me this analogy, you need to learn how to cushion, like, you need to learn how to cushion when you're communicating, because the way that you come off is just, like, it can be, like, Sharp, oh, sharp tongue, it can be very direct, like you're to the point, like, I know that you, you see it, and you you want to go for it, because you don't want to waste time. But you have to remember that with people, that's not always going to be received. Yeah. And so he he's always giving me the feedback. And, I, and now I really have leaned into it. And I practice it a lot. Of cushioning the feedback. So it's not really about me just going in there directly and being direct and coming off sharp tongue because I'm I'm calling things as I as I see them, right? And even though that may be And most of the cases, true. Not everyone's ready for that, right? And so, it's been a really big working effort for me to meet people where they are and communicate. And I just thought I would share that because it is really true, right? Like I see that as a strength. Like I'm direct. Like I'm straight to the point.
1: (laughs) That's a very good example. And if I may add something to what you said, uh, our personal brands. uh, My personal brand is what people think about me when I'm not in the room, what people say about me when I'm not in the room. What do people say about you when you're not in the room? What words do they use? And this is very important to know for us entrepreneurs. Let me clarify something here. It doesn't matter what people think of us, In terms of if they like us or if they don't like us, that doesn't matter, obviously. We have our own self worth, self esteem, self confidence. That's that. But in the marketplace, what people think of you professionally does matter because at the end of the day, those people want to hire you, those people want to buy from you, those people want to be your customers and clients. So we need to have this distinction. Personally, to me as an entrepreneur, what people think doesn't matter. But professionally, what they think matters a lot because at the end of the day, those are the one who will put money into my pocket, right? Uh, and, and I really love this uh, definition of brand that Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon uses, uh, uh, as I just shared. He says your brand is what people say about you when you're not in the room and that's something to to think about
0: yeah that's really powerful and it makes it makes me think because you know when you when i was in a nine-to-five environment or when i was you know in an environment where people like say something about you when you're like nominated for something it makes me think about how you know, a lot of, like, just a lot of the impressions and things that I got that I never would have said about myself. <laughs> like I would have never used those words or I never would have thought that, but it's really, really impactful. And I, I also think it echoes why I usually have always gone to market research from strangers or people who just follow me that maybe I actually never met in real life, because you're creating an impression through what you do and how you are in the things that you're creating. And at the end of the day, I don't know why this is the way it is, but, you know, my target audience is not my friends and family. It's not people close to me, right? It's the people who are removed from some degree. And so that's going to be the most important important feedback that, you know, I can collect, which is something that I've always been really big on. It's not really my friends and family because they're not my target audience. Like, they're not. I mean, it's great if they do decide to pay me, but honestly, I don't want to work with my friends and family. <laughs> I want to work. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And even if our friends and family are are our customers and could be our customers, it doesn't mean that we need to be limited to them. We want to, you know, live our life and serve more people and have a bigger audience. So uh, to to your point, um, at the end of the day, it's what the general audience uh, think about us that matters to us professionally down the road.
0: Yeah, this is a really great conversation. So, so so much value. Um really appreciate you taking the time to come. I would love to ask you just for anyone feeling stuck in building their personal brand for their business, what advice would you give them?
1: Give it a test. Whatever is on your mind, just experiment with it. Give it a test. And, you know, a lot of us, me included, when I first began, uh, a lot of us are afraid of uh, what might happen? Uh, are people gonna like me? Uh, is this idea gonna succeed? Uh, is it gonna flop? Uh, will I regret it? Uh, will I earn money off of it? And you never know until you try. And all of us do our best in in, in creating a good idea, creating a good package, creating a good product. But until we ship it, we never fully know what uh, the market thinks about it. So um, give it a test, give it a try, experiment with your ideas, experiment with your products and services. Uh, Do not be a perfectionist, just give it a test and get the feedback, learn from it and move forward.
0: Thank you so much. Such good, insightful advice. And also I'm gonna make sure to link your book. Um, I actually might give this a read. As I feel like it'll just be really helpful to like refine my knowledge. And I love books as I always share that. So thank you so much for taking the time to be here. Until next time, this is your host of Roaming the Now, Monty Soul, signing off until our next episode. And I hope that you are enjoying Roaming the Now wherever you are in the world. Take care, everyone. Thanks for catching this episode of Roaming the Now. If you have not already, make sure to like and subscribe. And as always, wherever you are in the world, I hope you are enjoying Roaming the Now.